All of the heads over there are pretty... Okay, so any anytime anyone new comes in here, they make fun of all the heads. Yeah. <laughs> all the toy heads that I have. I've always said it's like Vlad the Impaler's front yard over there. <laughs> if Vlad the Impaler worked um, exclusively in Batman's and Batman-related characters. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it like totally out of context, it's a little weird. I don't know. I feel like customizers would come in here and be customizers like, would be like hell yeah, yeah hell yeah. Well, I understand the utility, <laughs> <laughs> like toothpicks are the, the way to go. Like, <laughs> I think it's smart. Better than spending money on like a NECA stand or something. Oh yeah. So this company or NECA, the toy company, makes some um, stands specifically for extra heads. <laughs> Like this is a so you can display them next to your figure. This is a consumer product that you can buy. <laughs> I, what is it like ten dollars a stand? Yeah. And there's multiple multiple ball joints that you can switch to the top of them so they can fit different size action <laughs> I mean, figures. Like they really put a lot of effort into these. It's head it's deluxe. The the, the, the collector's dream <laughs> for all it, of, all of your extra head needs. Yeah, because what like, are you gonna do? Put the heads in a shelf? No, you want them disembodied put them on sitting sticks. Right. <laughs> I should mention we're talking to our friend Matt Taylor, and he's not as versed in the minutia of the toy world as us, hence explaining NECA's ridiculous headstands, um, but he is very well versed in Star Trek. And why are we talking about Star Trek? Because we're doing the toys that made us, dummy, and we're circling back around to this episode about Star Trek. Yeah, I, I know that. It was for the <laughs> listeners. Oh okay, yeah, the toys that made us. So still on that, but we'll get to, we'll get to that in good time. Okay. Anyway, welcome Matt. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, good to be yeah, here. Yeah, Matt Taylor, uh, of of my band. I, I brought <laughs> notes. <laughs> yeah, th- I, I have a lot of things to say. He is, yeah, I assumed you would be, and that's why I invited you for this episode. <laughs> um, the probably the best person I know on hand for Star Trek knowledge. Most of our friends aren't into Star Trek so much. No. Most of our friends aren't into any of the things we're into. Yeah, but like especially not Star Trek. Just a, li- a lifetime of useless accrued knowledge to at your disposal. As a true Trekkie. I mean, yeah. that's This whole podcast is based on <laughs> just garbage in our brains. So Before we start, uh, I want to say this episode is brought to you by Line and Kugel's Summer Shandy. Uh, my favorite part of summer, and I thought I should mention it's the only beer I've ever felt comfortable enough to drink in the shower. Okay, so <laughs> it's a pretty it's a pretty optimal shower beer. It I, is a good yeah. I, I had never tried a shower beer, and you know mowed the lawn a couple weeks ago and decided <laughs> you know what I'm gonna have myself a shower beer and <laughs> that's funny. It's okay. It's I, refreshing, kind of, for a beer. I, I, I guess I don't. I don't understand how having it in the shower is is any different than uh, than just any other beer drinking. You know, post. It's a whole different experience because you're there's all this water and the beer is becomes <laughs> he, half hedon, hedonism at at its best. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny that you just did it recently, because I did it back in the days when I actually drank. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, I was drinking anyway, so I would just drink, bring my beer into the shower. I actually had only just recently become familiar with this in my sheltered childhood. I did not, when I started drinking, did not uh, con- automatically 
think, oh, these have to come into the shower I, with I me. I feel like the whole concept took uh, took the Facebooks by a storm uh, four or five years ago. Okay. All of a sudden, everybody yeah. was talking about it. Uh, drinking beers in the shower. I, but yeah, yeah, there was one day where I was going to, to clean up the guest b- bathroom, which is my roommate's bathroom. And I opened the shower curtain and there were just a ton of empties in there. <laughs> and I was like, why the fuck is this guy drinking beers in and the, the shower? And then every time I brought it up to someone, they were just like, uh, yeah, that's a thing. And I, oh, okay. Well, I guess. The, the worst part is they were cans of Keystone. They? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, PBRs. Or- the worst possible shower beer. But yeah, your beer gets real watery and warm, and you feel cool, and uh, you feel like you have a problem, but hey, it's it's summer. <laughs> All that to say, brought to you by Line and Kugels, I guess. Sure. We need a real sponsor. <laughs> yeah, you took a lot of time we on need that for someone to... that's not paying us at all. I just wanted to talk about shower beers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. For a little bit. Check that off your list for the evening. Should we... Um, More like Sonic shower beers. Oh. Wait. <laughs> what? Sonic shower. The, 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 the shower from uh, the, the, the Star Trek universe. They, they, t- oh. they took Sonic showers. If I remember correctly. Blake does not know what you're talking about. Uh, I feel uh, I'm a bad uh, Trekkie right now. Somebody's listening and just dying laughing right the, now. This, the, yes. <laughs> I know about the magic doctor's device that cures all the, your wounds. I know what a tricorder the, is. Uh, the dermal regenerator. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah, and there's something else that just like it's like a pen and you point it at something and it tells you what disease you have or something. I know what a tricorder is. I've never heard, heard of a sonic shower. Well, is it, what is it? Blast the dirt off of you with, <laughs> I, with, I with noise? I don't know that that, that the mecha- I'm I'm sure uh, if if I had the technical manual, I I don't know if if, oh, if you guys had this experience, you know. But you know, I was into Star Trek as a kid, so if you go to the library, you're checking out all the Star Trek books yeah. and just you know cycling through them. And and one of them was the. Uh, uh, the technical manual of course, of course <laughs> and, it into was. into uh, which excruciating really, detail, which really dove into the sonic shower the, system, uh, the the intricacies of the uh, the matter antimatter injector engines, and, <laughs> and how that, that replicator he, really man. works. <laughs> who came up with all that stuff? Like, who? Obviously, Gene Roddenberry wasn't going through and like. I I know that there were several detail. several folks. Um, uh, I know Michael Okuda, uh, who um came up with the the next generation style screens with with the lights and and mm-hmm. and the, oh, yeah. the, the plexiglass and, beautiful screens and uh, the jeffries tubes are named off after uh original series production designer matt jeffries i never knew that yeah i knew they call them jeffries tubes yeah matt jeffries was uh that's interesting uh yeah that is kind of cool well, before we get into all that, yeah. So though, it sounds like we're really diving right in. We're really we getting need, in there. We need to do an, a a proper introduction. Yeah. So uh, hit the theme, Brian, <laughs> the engineer. That's a callback to where I we got pretended it. I got, we had an engineer named uh, Brian. I got it because anyway. I listen to the episodes after we <laughs> after we post them. I'm glad. Thank you for doing your no problem. No problem. Your diligence. We're talking motherfucking toys with Adam and Blake.
Welcome to Shelf Life, a collector's podcast. I'm your host, Blake Walker. As always, my co-host is with me. It's the uh, yin to my yang, the Captain Janeway to my Picard, <laughs> Adam Timish. I would say the hair ratios match up in, in that, uh, uh, in that oh, analogy. That's like... A burn, I guess. <laughs> right back at you. Patrick Stewart. Making me Janeway. He went bald at like 20, and yeah. I went bald at like 30. So, in your face, I guess. <laughs> in your face. He was just always bald. Like, did you guys know that? Oh, yeah. Like, if you looked up young... I was like, I wonder what young uh, Patrick Stewart... Did he have any hair in Dune? Did he st- was he still having some of the, some of the side hair? I've never or? seen Dune. But he he had side hair, but the top was... Just like bald from birth, not the, from birth. Kind of like Steve Martin in the white hair, I think. How Steve Martin just always yeah, had gray hair. Yeah, yes. Kind of like that. They put him in a toupee a couple of times in the show, oh, and God. it was unsettling, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unseemly. Yeah, I think I saw a picture of that recently, uh, where yeah, they yeah, were yeah. like, he was originally screen tested to wear a toupee, yes. and it was yeah. a yeah. very there was a toupee shot. Not <laughs> cool. Picture, not yeah. cool. Roddenberry. That's probably <laughs> probably Roddenberry's idea to have him wear a rug. Um, I. I introduced him earlier, but Matt Taylor is with us because he's a Star Trek expert. Uh, well, uh, he's got <laughs> he enjoys. He it. owns collectibles and toys too. He even brought some with him. I was going to say this might be our most on-topic collection of stuff here uh, that we've ever done when talking about a specific thing. You've got a Star Trek glass over there. Yeah, that that I didn't even bring fantastic. that up. He's, um, he's brought amazing. in toys and, and so props. I brought out my. Okay, the story behind this, it's a collector's glass from Taco Bell, 1984, <laughs> wow. which I guess is the year that Star Trek III The Search for Spot came out. Must have been. And it's a Star Trek III glass that is about how Spot came back to life, oh, I guess. It's got a whole little, a whole little synopsis yeah, on it. Yeah, let me go ahead and uh, give you the, <laughs> the text of this glass. Spock lives through the wonders of the Genesis effect, the lifeless body of Captain Spock. Captain Spock? Captain Spock. In the movies, he was a captain. Oh, fuck. I guess Everybody's yeah. a captain. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Except for Chekhov. Uh, was Kirk an admiral by that time? Oh, Ad- yeah. Admiral. He was Admiral Kirk. Yes. Captain Spock evolved from an infant to a grown man in a matter of days. <laughs> that doesn't sound creepy as fuck at all. And then just kind of plateaued. Um, yeah, from Taco Bell, I got this at a, a, a cool uh, thrift store where I found a bunch of cool, like, uh, some of the Playmates figures in the past, other cool stuff. Nice. The same flea market where they had a uh, a phaser shaped remote control that I did yeah. not get because I'm lame. But uh, you should have. I should have. I. That's I'm, awesome. I, it's it's one of those that you wish you would have gotten. I think I said that a few episodes ago. Is that when I was younger, I had ordered a a phaser uh, universal remote control off oh, of shit. like this out of the sci-fi catalog. You, you did mention that. Yeah, it was. This awesome. was this probably the same thing, right? Yeah. Could have been. So yeah, it was just it, a universal remote. Yeah, it looked exactly like that. That 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 was the very one. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what company I made it? I have no idea, no. I brought out my Playmates toys, the ones that are left. I used to have a lot more. Mm-hmm. Got rid of most. I brought out some. We'll, we'll talk about them in a bit. Do you want to let Matt maybe give a little bit of his background yeah. with Star Trek? Yeah. And- uh, uh, mine's way shorter, but like, I don't know. How'd you, I guess, what's your your Trek history, Matt? Trek history. Give us your oh, credentials well. Well, to be on this show. Yeah, what? <laughs> Dad was a fan, and one of my early uh, movie memories is going to see Star Trek VI at the uh, the 
the North Kansas movie theater, the old second run theater. Shout out to Town and Country. Town and Country T and C. Our listeners will know. By the end, you could just walk right in there. No need to buy a ticket. Did you just see six without having seen anything else? Yes. Well, oh, nice. I was uh, six came out in, in 1991 Is that or two. I undiscovered believe. Undiscovered country. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Undiscovered country. Uh, and um, you know they uh, KSPR 33, the the local TV show or station, uh, showed Next Gen at four o'clock on weekdays. And so I used I, to catch those. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, Blake, Blake caught them. I, I I caught them a lot as well. And and. Uh, just kind of started from there. Uh, got some toys as gifts, and and uh, just been a been a fan uh, my whole life. Probably the biggest piece of my collection is actually uh, the the customizable card game. You know, it, oh, everybody yeah. had card games in 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 the mid nineties. <laughs> in the nineties, everybody the, had a card game. <laughs> Star Wars was doing it. X Files had a card game. Oh wow! Yeah. For some fucking reason, <laughs> was there a Batman card game? I don't I'm know. There, sh- there was. There should have been. Almost certainly, there should have been. Probably but. based on the animated series. Um, okay, so yeah, that sounds legit. You've got a way richer and longer history than either of us, uh, because I didn't become a Trek fan until an adult. <laughs> like true story. I as a kid, it didn't. It just like didn't interest me, I guess. And like I said, I saw the the uh, syndicated reruns would come on, but it didn't like grab me. And I guess I don't. I was either too stupid or just it seems like less of a kid thing, just in general, and more of an adult thing. And it's why it perplexed me so much that they decided to do a Toys That Made Us episode on Star Trek. Yeah, because it's like, and they even admit that on the series that. By the time Playmates got them, they were pretty much making them for adult collectors. Yeah, which is cool in itself, but also just weird. <laughs> right. That kids' toys companies were pumping out these like non-action figures. <laughs> right. It, it was the mo- it was the most uh, it was the craziest assortment of of toys that I've I've seen. You just you know, obviously everybody's going to talk about the. The hat with the light and the antenna. <laughs> yeah, the best, yeah. the best Star Trek toy ever <laughs> is the Spock helmet. Yeah. Uh, the, the the chalkboard. I I also remember being, <laughs> being pretty, pretty ridiculous. Yeah, yes. you didn't see you didn't see that in the. Scene. I missed that the, one. The, so chalk, you could tell. the chalkboard had had the upside down Enterprise. Oh shit! <laughs> yes, yeah. The Enterprise is upside down for God's sake. <laughs> uh, the the dorks were upset about this yeah. merch. Yes. I want to say that. Um, no, I wanted to ask you guys what your favorite piece of um, Star Trek junk merchandise was like in the show yeah because they they go through all the like uh like label slapping they bring up again that they would just relabel old toys Mm -hmm. as star trek toys shit that had nothing to do with star trek they would call star trek my personal favorite was the um giant inflatable uh Spock punching bag. <laughs> the Spock punching bag. Because bag every was kid excellent. wants to punch Spock in the face. I think they called it a, a bop bag. <laughs> yeah. it, it had a, it had a very punny name. You it, can't say punch in a, on a kid's toy. It's I'm like sure. you punch Spock in the face and he he comes right back at you, just like in the show. And I that guess. did seem like one of those things where everything got a punching bag. Like, I remember there being lots of punching bags of various characters. Yeah, and another one of those, these fucking parachute toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny bit about the parachute. They they mentioned that they referenced the Kelvin timeline. Yeah. That was yeah. There was actually in the one of one of the uh, the early scripts to Generations. There was going to be a scene in which 
you know, in his fifties at the time, I'm sure William Shatner was going to do a an orbital jump with with <laughs> Scotty and Chekhov, and, and and it got cut. Holy but shit. yes, the, I also noticed the parachute, uh, the parachute toys, and yeah, that, it was quite pretty ridiculous. I I used to do that with GI Joes and and and. Uh, and bags. I'm sure. I don't have a lot of the, you didn't have a lot of the collectible toys. I, I was just, you know, making do with, with, with uh, grocery bags. Yeah. And, and just GI tucking Joe's. those handles under and, the arms. And... I never tried that one. I got to admit. No, this is why we have you on the show though, for that, <laughs> for those little tidbits that I never knew. Um, so yeah, the, the parachutes had nothing. They came obviously before the movie where they parachute. Yeah, the the new movie. I like <laughs> the JJ. I like to convince myself that maybe the JJ Abrams thing was was a small wink to the parachute toys. Like, uh, yeah, gonna, I hope it was all about this, that. I'm gonna work this. Entire... Somebody was a fan. JJ <laughs> Abrams is just like, I love those toys so much. I gotta work it into the script somehow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my question is, why was the parachute action figure such a thing in at that time? Because like. I think maybe one of like some of the first superhero and like Batman action figures that people know about were like these dumb parachute pieces of plastic. Like there was that Superman. Yeah, I I think it has something to do with seeing your toys in some sort of actual action without having to make any yeah. sort of movable parts. Because I remember I used to always be trying to set up parachutes as well. Another thing I would do is take shoelaces. And tie my figures to the ceiling fan, uh, and they would just go that. like flying yeah. around the room. And it was for no really practical reason other than just, I guess, to see my figures flying see around that the room. See motherfucker fly, <laughs> right? Right. I think I did that one. I didn't make my own parachutes, but I did the ceiling fan trick. Yeah, I just think that that's weird that parachuting like action figures that had no articulation were like a a trend. Uh, I think my best or my favorite example of the label slapping though was the Astro Tank. I just yes, really like that down too. Right, that they were just taking war toys. And, like, remember the tanks from Star Trek, <laughs> and the fact that they were taking just like the very like standard army men with the helmets yes. and the machine oh, yeah, the, guns. The, the and Scotty with a bazooka. <laughs> my question was, how was Hamilton Invaders ever a viable toy? That's what toy I, title. Who? <laughs> that's what I was. Wondering. I was like, wait, it, it, what are they saying? Are they actually saying Hamilton Invaders? What does that mean? <laughs> right. Baffling. Nothing gets those kids uh, riled up like the S- Hamilton Invaders. Some guy named Hamilton has decided to invade, and he's basically just G.I. Joe, but worse. Yeah, I, <laughs> they could have at least tried to make the uh, little green army men look like the uh, a crew of the Enterprise, I thought. I don't know that it was my, f- that it was my favorite of all of them, but... Toys that I toys that I was not expecting to be cool. The uh, the helicopter on us on a bar oh, yeah. was <laughs> yeah. was for for nineteen seventies technology. You know, seemed like it would be pretty fun at least for a little bit. Yeah, I and mean, I, I think yeah. it goes back to just seeing your toys doing something. You know, it moved on it. Yeah, yeah, on its own. I guess it was kind of cool, but it just goes in that one circle. But <laughs> man, that guy that was showing it off even now looked like he was loving. He it. was into Having that a blast. shit. <laughs> like that was blowing his mind. It was still. throwing him. It was taking him <laughs> the back. The fact that he. The, Enterprise was going in a circle, and that's all it did. <laughs> um, but yeah, the well, speaking of the the way the show starts, it, they usually do these dramatizations, right? Yeah, and everybody usually comes down on them, and, 
but I think that they're so bad that they've gone around the bend and come back to being endearing to me. I think I like them now. They're so bad. I can't think of one that I've not liked. Have you watched the whole series? I, I've not watched the whole series, but it, but it was Arch Camp. Yeah, was, that's <laughs> yeah. a good way to put it. And that's how they, I, and they're not even trying. They've got yeah, the they actors in bad wigs. Yeah, and... like the, yeah, the, the rugs that they have them wear. <laughs> they don't resemble the people they're pretending to be. They've got goofy music. But I think I'm pro them. Ask me like uh, next season and I'll probably be like, fuck these. I'm sick of them. I really liked this particular one because it was apparently a Star Trek fan and obviously this one may be completely fictionalized and not true at all but <laughs> I like how they made one of the guys a Star Trek fan he's like but that's not Star Trek and the other guys just like make it so or who something. cares <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah make it so gotta work that in hey Jessica oh we have a fourth guest Who's nope, Jessica? she's closing the door on us I'm just Okay. All right. Thank you. The universal symbol that she doesn't want to hear us. Don't want any of that dish doing noise leaking into the podcast. Am I right? Women. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'll cut it out. I'll cut out all my misogyny like usual. I have the power of editing. So this episode, um, (laughs) I kind of half expected this to happen, was mostly just comparing itself to Star Wars. I was a little disappointed in that how much... I understand that when, especially when you're talking about Mego suddenly getting just completely annihilated by Star Wars, you've got to bring yeah. that up. Was but there? They, go ahead. Was there? Was there more? Uh, was there a, a as much of a breadth of toys with with uh, Star Wars, or or did they did they start a certain way um, and and kind of stay that way from the original it, movies? It feels like they mostly started with the three and three quarter inch. Star Wars had a better plan. Well, didn't they do some label slapping first? We just, like, I watched this episode, well, it's been a while since I saw the yeah, episode. Yeah, they did do label slapping, but I think it was always but they, within the... They had a plan for the little, you know, three and a, three and three quarters inch figures, yeah. and then they stuck with those. I think they mostly did the label slapping on the play sets, but they were still for the three and three quarter inch figures. I think the label slapping was when they were waiting for the the manufacturer of the, yeah. like, the good toys. Because like the movie had come out and there was nothing anyone could buy and people were getting restless. But it was still one primary licensee who yeah. who kept it until they were bought so Kenner got by it, the current licensee. And Kenner held on to that for dear life, obviously. The the the, <laughs> right. the most interesting part of the Star Trek episode, to me at least, was that they go through like forty different licensees mm-hmm. uh or, you know, manufacturers before they land on Playmates and then even Play. Playmates is done with Star Trek now, and it's Diamond Select, I think, is the only people making Star Trek stuff. You know, and I feel like they didn't really give a good example or a good reason why Playmates just kind of dropped it. They were just like, they made 400 figures and were doing great, but ultimately they had to go a different direction, or I can't remember what they said, but it was just like, wait, why? Uh, Well, kind of what we were talking about earlier, it almost seems that, you know, the only market is to anymore is is to adult collectors and that's how it's been going you know since almost since playmates picked them up uh you know they mentioned the uh the 1701 series where they they had the the limited editions Mm -hmm. and 
and that might have been part of the downfall the way they described it. Yeah, it sounded where... like that was a bad, a dark days for Playmates. <laughs> like, <laughs> apparently they couldn't recover because these toy completionists were so, like, pissed. I can relate. That, <laughs> Yeah, so I kind of wanted to get into this. Um, I call it the the petulance of completionists. Um, and since I'll be the expert Adam, on that. <laughs> Adam is our uh, resident completionist. Would it really bother you that much if they made only uh, 1,701 of a certain line and you couldn't get it? Would you be like, fuck this whole line, I'm done with it? Like, no, what I would do instead is pay $1,000 yeah. in the aftermarket to buy it <laughs> because that's yeah. how bad I am. But no, I wouldn't I wouldn't give up, okay. especially if I had already invested in... Two or three hundred figures already. Yeah, you know, you've already. It's the sunk cost fallacy, <laughs> <laughs> which is it, toy collecting. Is, is that a, is that a common thing to do to to have a a, a manufacturer may you know have a certain number of of limited limited runs that are it's, definitely it's very common now. It's, uh, yeah, because of collector culture, and I think it's just it's blown up so much. I mean, look at they, Funko and all that shit, and they really do exploit that. Yeah, they exploit the shit out of, like, the limited run. Like, Funko will do, like, only 1,000, only 500. But they they become, like, not worthless. Like, yeah. they're not even that... They don't accrue much value, if any, like the ones that they do limited runs on. Yeah. Unless it's... The only weird... ones that I feel like that are limited... Funko, fuck it. I don't know how we do this to ourselves every, every time. Look, we're going to talk about Funko every episode. <laughs> That's a given. But fuck them. Um... Do they have Star Trek, by the way? Have they ever done a Star Trek? Yes. They have? Okay. Anyway, I, just I curious, but... briefly considered getting all the next-gen Funkos, but I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, it seems like the ones that really, really skyrocket for Funko are the ones that are limited edition, but also not available anywhere other than like their website or something for like a really brief time. So, yeah. for example, they did all the mascots for the cereal yeah, boxes. Those, All of those oh are my. worth a shit. Time. People are crazy for those stupid ass booberries or whatever. The <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they're worth a shitload because it's like yeah. they were not available anywhere at all. They weren't yeah. these con exclusives that are also available at Hot Topic or GameStop. Yeah. you know. And if they, uh, like most Funko Pops, or we're talking about Pops, I guess mostly, they like manufacture like there is no tomorrow. But then the the few that they just stop production on are generally the ones that have accrued value like the beavis and butthead we talked about that earlier yeah the simpsons i think yeah um and then there was a batman of zurin r that was supposed to be at target <laughs> yeah i think they made five of them yeah it was super limited and then people put them on ebay for six hundred dollars probably more than that uh anyway let's stop so to, talking about so to answer matt's question <laughs> yeah uh no there was just main one main star wars toy line <laughs> <laughs> back to the th thank you for getting us back on topic no problem to that you know that question star he wars was way more ago. streamlined star trek was all over the fucking place and that's the drama of this episode yeah. i was really going into the, the the documentary i was really only aware of the playmates and figured that there was yeah. some stuff you know from the from the original series and movies but just you know it those uh, I've I've got it written down here in my handy dandy note yeah, sheet. Yeah, those yeah. Uh, uh, those Galoob toys uh, oh. looked uh, pretty wretched. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. I I had I used to have a Galoob Riker just because I found it at a flea market. It's like where I find all my Star Trek stuff. Yeah, and 
And they it was like first season only, so they had the crappy first season um, uniforms. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they all had phasers molded into their hands. It was okay. I mean, some of them looked okay, but yeah, like the data with like blue shit on his they, face. They had some. <laughs> they had some issues with the data. It, it seemed. Why did they? <laughs> I'm guessing it was something from the uh, mold underneath. It was, and the yeah. skin was so light that it was just coming Maybe. through or something. Uh, I have no the idea. The sick data variant. Data has a, a virus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's dying. Uh, but yeah, Galoob did not last long. It didn't last past the first season of Next Gen. But Star. man, Playmates killed it. Yeah, they did. They made so many. And but they were more childish. And you would go... I remember going to the store because I had a handful of Star Trek figures from Playmates. And you would go and buy some, and it was never from the same like wave or series. There were, and there would be multiple yeah. series there out were at so the time. So many like waves. Like I think when I first was buying them, it was maybe around when First Contact came out, which I fucking loved. First Contact, by the way, I think that I like First Contact a lot. I had a casual like uh, thing with Star Trek where I was kind of into it. You know, like I would always watch. I didn't watch Next Generation that much, but I would always watch Deep Space Nine before I went to bed because it was playing in syndication at like 10 <laughs> nine, o'clock. 9 or 10 o'clock yeah. on, yes. And so I would watch that. And so that was actually the first series that I really liked of, okay. of Star Trek. But um, when First Contact came out, I was like, I'm I'm in. This is, I love yeah, this Yeah, that shit. was a good movie. Um, But yeah. I went to, and I would go, and I think I bought some First Contact toys, but there was also just like Next Generation and Deep Space Nine and maybe even Voyager at that point. I'm not sure, yeah. but it was just like, it was there would be a ton a of series lot. out. It's interesting that you mentioned First Contact. I had a Riker from First Contact, but he was not, he was bigger than. Yes, the, I was going to say this. Than, than the play, than the they Playmates changed ones the that scale I had. at yes. the point of First Contact. They suddenly changed the scale up. So they're slightly taller now. Yeah. So your first, your guys don't fit. <laughs> they have the cool new, you know how they got the cool new uniforms with the gray? Yes. By that point, not going to scale with your old uniforms. Nope. Throw those guys away. They're worthless now. <laughs> it, it's helpful that the Playmates were, are at the scale that they are at because they match the uh, the Hallmark ornaments oh, yeah. that I have. I've got yeah. a whole, whole several of the uh, the, the Hallmark nice. ornaments. and Matt's and, got a cool little up. display with mostly Hallmark, and I think he has some of the Playmates, and they do, yeah, they, they look good together. It works, it works. <laughs> and some of the Hallmark ships, too. God, they've, nice. it's so weird. The Hallmark made like so many of those. Hallmark had Star Wars items as well, I know. I, I keep an eye out for them, everything. and I... I I've been going to flea markets around for a long time, and and uh, in in the show they they uh, they had a commercial for the Columbia House uh, v- VHS collection, and I had I had several of those tapes <laughs> yeah. picking them up, you know, looking for looking for memorabilia. But uh, you don't, I don't see the the Hallmark hardly ever. That there is one at a flea market right now. Uh, it's from Enterprise. It's <laughs> Commander Tucker. I, I really could not be that? bothered. to yeah. ask. <laughs> It's been there there's for a reason five if, years. Yeah, and there's a reason. The, I think check out uh, comic conventions because yeah. there's always going to be some guy with like just a stack of Hallmarks. I, I was, remember. Oh, I was very surprised. Uh, I went to uh, Kansas City Comic Con and and expected yeah. to find more. There was a little bit, but you know, I don't know if they, yeah. if you know, maybe their their normal Star Star Trek guy just wasn't there. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> But I, I'm, I, I would certainly time, be on the prowl. But if you find the Hallmark guy, it's like finding a, a rare Pokemon. <laughs> he's he's an amazing creature to find in the wild. So yeah, they're constantly comparing it to Star Wars. Um, oh, and I didn't realize how big 
uh, Star Trek Mego merchandise was back in the day, back in the time of original series. Like I didn't realize yeah. they were a, a big thing in Mego, who were doing superheroes and other stuff. And I didn't realize Mego did play sets either, because obviously Mego was big I've before I was them, born. So but... I knew it just because I see them in secondhand stores. But that that uh, bridge play set was like yeah. pretty legit it, for for nineteen for mid middle seventies. It was. It was pretty awesome. And I've for the larger that, yeah. Mego scale that they were doing, too. Yeah, like, also true. I, I know I've seen that one in a comic shop or two uh, with the, the spinning um, <laughs> transporter <laughs> that makes it disappear. Pretty snazzy. But uh, speaking of Mego, we I think we have to take some time to talk about President of Mego at the time. <laughs> Mr. Just uh, lay, lay out this line here. <laughs> well, <laughs> he... He's called Marty Abrams the Toy Man. Yeah. Self-proclaimed Toy Man. <laughs> uh, and he's a big character in this episode. What did I put about him? Okay, he used to be the president of Mego. He, I guess he has to carry the shame of turning down the Star Wars license. Yeah, he's he's got a, a lot to contend with right now with having apparently spent some time in jail and oh, also yeah. for being the guy that turned away Star He's a tax Wars. cheat. <laughs> <laughs> and he turned on Star Wars and then made up weird excuses about how it wasn't his fault. But man, does he have a great head of hair. And he is a cool guy. Yeah, great hair on that guy. Can I? Okay, who who gets to say Marty Abrams' best line about wh- his excuse? We should give that distinction to Matt. Uh, well, it, it appears that uh, that he was in the Orient for, for a time. <laughs> I happen to be in the Orient, <laughs> and I guess his secretary couldn't relay the message that Star Wars wanted to do business with Mego. Yeah. So. I will say this in his defense. He's got a point. There was probably a lot of garbage that came across their desks at times, and who knew what's based on an, a picture of an X-Wing fighter and... Yeah, all you, you know, had to go. Who over. knew what was going to be? They were working with nothing but sketches. Just ask Smashing Success uh, Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> circa nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah, exactly. I used to have a, a Cylon. I think that's the only Battlestar toy I ever had. It was one of the Cylons. You see those in Fleet the Arkansas. old ones. Yeah, the old ones, yeah. not the new ones. Love the new show. <laughs> well, new in quotes. Um. Yeah. So Marty Abrams, tax criminal, self self proclaimed <laughs> coolest guy on the and block. Man. He calls himself coolest guy on the block. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. It's like Jesus. Do you have enough? Like, well, he may live on a, sh- a small block. <laughs> he, apparently, he revi- he revived superhero toys. I will give him that. Yeah. Apparently, it's like his doing that. Like Batman and all that shit got made. Were you guys aware of the Planet of the Apes television program? I had heard I, of it. I okay. never was I'd, it live action or a cartoon? Yeah, no, it was live action. No, I didn't even know. They didn't want to just throw out those costumes. Might as well. Yeah, I mean, they, those were expensive. Might as well costumes. slap them on some D-list actors and <laughs> make a show out of it. Uh, no, I wasn't aware of that, and I don't think I was even aware that Mego made toys of it either. With all of the discussion of uh, of the new, of New York in the seventies, and and given his predilections for the for the Orient, was was <laughs> was was Mego was Mego making sex toys? Was that the implication they were making? Oh, I don't know. What I I, I got it's the a good avenue that, to go down. I mean, it's San Rio's not above it. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 want they were looking to market something other than in a dime. It, it may have just been. Uh, 
a a a a go or a trick of the editing of the of the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. I they got do the, like to I do got that, the implication yeah. that they were making sex toys. They like to do that. They yeah. love to do very clever goofs with their <laughs> editing on that show. Yeah, uh, using sound effects, uh, animation. And I often wonder when the interviewees are watching this if they're just like. What the hell? What the fuck did they do to me? <laughs> they put a fart noise over. <laughs> and w- what are the credentials of these people that that are that are being interviewed? Because it, it it seemed like the only requirement was being able to say something about the toy yeah. in question. Yeah, and that was especially true in this episode compared to other episodes. I feel like a a lot of times they have executives or creators behind the toys, but this one did seem very heavy and just people that were like. Either they liked the toys or they didn't like the toys, but they didn't really specify who these people were. It was just like, oh, I love, I hated the tricorder because it was too small. Whoever showed up, one of them was just a <laughs> cackling man who was constantly laughing about uh, what was he laughing about? Just everything. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of tricorders, uh, I was not aware of the the cassette tape tricorder. I believe that was oh, one yeah. of the Nego products. I that was know. one of the coolest yeah. you know, of the early uh, toys that. That they had, I believe. You know, I, I, like I the believe it was heavy, but <laughs> the commercials that they had for this, like, this is Kevin. Do you copy? I yeah. got the tape from Johnny. <laughs> put it in the tricorder. They just like in the show where they would put cassettes in their tricorders. They would just trade cassettes back and forth. Um, well, speaking, I like this show. I like the toys that made us. But like, did you notice how they not only double but triple dipped on a lot of their lame jokes? <laughs> um. <laughs> To name a few, they went ahead and triple dipped on the joke of guy hitting his head on the shuttle door because it was too short for a human. <laughs> not once, not twice, but thrice they used I missed, that clip. I guess I missed the three times. I know I saw it twice for sure. Um, they had Marty Abrams' toy man go whoop whoop uh, no, <laughs> yeah. no less than three times. But speaking of, of how editing. many times on the Masters of the Universe episode did they have that guy say <laughs> bong? <laughs> it was like it was like they were meeting an every five minute quota with that joke. Like, oh, throw in the bong again. I've the editors of the show are having fun. Yeah, they're having the time of their life. I'll give them that. And who wouldn't? Whoop whoop. <laughs> that was mostly in reference. I think that was in reference to the greatest Trek merchandise ever, the Spock helmet. Was uh, it correct? Was it that, or was it that w- one tricorder that somebody made that was that, super obnoxious? That was that, that was the, the Mago tricorder. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, that one made <laughs> such a, a loud whooping noise. But this, you could wear a helmet that denoted who you were by the name. of in giant letters on the helmet that said either Kirk or Spock. There may have just been a Kirk. No, there's probably They said Kirk and Spock. But I think Spock is the one that gets... It might have been on the packaging. Spock's in all the pictures that you see on the internet, yeah. And it's just... It has, like, a police siren on top or something. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely not from the show. And what was it even from originally? Like, what did they label slap that from? Was it a label slap or did they make this? No, it was absolutely a label slap. I'd like to think it was a combination of toys. They're like, we'll take a helmet from here. We'll we'll take take a a light, a a police siren from here. Throw throw some antenna on there. (laughs) Maybe a little visor. Kids will have a good time. See your Spock. Uh, how many kids that Halloween went as Kirk or Spock just by wearing that helmet? <laughs> Don't you recognize me? I'm Captain Kirk from the show, you know, with the helmet. 
<laughs> and then greeting, greedy, getting greeted by some Trekkie at the door, like, actually. <laughs> Inaccurate. <laughs> this is the screen accurate phaser. Sending kids away crying with no candy. <laughs> I love that uh, in the Enterprise show, they had Archer use a toy. Was it made by Art Asylum or who was it? Or Playmates that... It- I don't believe it was. It was after Playmates. Playmates did okay. make some of those, but it was in that next generation. It was probably of Diamond Arkham Asylum. Now known not as Arkham As not Arkham Asylum. Art Asylum. Art Asylum. Which is what Sorry. they used to call Diamond Select toys. Sorry, there's too much fucking Batman shit in here for me not to slip into. <laughs> Going that. crazy. I wish it was called Arkham Asylum. One one point about that. It it was humorous that uh, they they happened to just the 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 clip of Captain Archer that they just happened upon was him holding somebody at gunpoint, which is, <laughs> which is more or less his deal. Him doing torture on an on a I think poor that's alien. the only Star Trek series I have not seen a single episode of. You're not missing much. <laughs> I have seen like two episodes yeah. and I decided not to continue. I mean, I even watched the premiere of Discovery. I haven't seen the rest of it yet, but I have I, not I seen got a single a, I episode of Discovery. It looked good. I, I enjoyed Discovery uh, for for many of the same reasons that I enjoyed at least the 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 uh, the first Abrams. You know, it was yeah. there was enough of uh, there was enough of Trek there for it to you know hit all of my uh, all of all of my pleasure points. But you know, <laughs> yeah. it was definitely a, an evolution yeah. of of the franchise. And that's what I that's what I've been wanting at least is for them to go a little different with it because we've seen the same stuff a lot. Yeah. And I don't know if this is the case with with other properties, but they 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 seem to be stuck in a loop of constant prequel. You know, Inter- yeah, Enterprise yeah. was a prequel. Discovery was, uh, you know, is is at least set prior to the I was a little original series. All the Kelvin movies are prequel ish. I didn't know that Discovery was going to be like set way back when until I saw it. But I was kind of hoping it, it's it's like they're afraid to set anything after the next generation, which is bizarre because you would think that would be when they can most organically play with new ideas. Yeah. Like you're not locked into your to your own canon your continuity. Right. Yeah, you have to make sure you don't screw it up if you're setting things in the past. I mean, you yeah, have to retcon stuff. Who knows? Or you just don't care. As, <laughs> yeah, as, as was the case. As, yeah, <laughs> I mean, let's talk about in, how in some Kling- instances. Let's talk about Klingon makeup. <laughs> yeah, which again, you could have made a, a case that that would make sense going further into the future. Whereas, you know, the Next Generation and uh, Deep Space Nine Klingons looked much different than the original series Klingons. Yeah. So you could make a case that, yeah, there's an evolutionary or adaptive know- pattern going there. But going from Discovery Klingons to original series Klingons is a, a yeah. much tougher that, that's sell. Just, do you know about the the sort of retconned, uh, I'm doing air quotes, explanation of the reason Klingons look so different in the original series from when they did later on? I do not know, no. I'm sure Matt knows. Well, there's the episode of Deep Space Nine where uh, Cisco goes back in time to the Which original series. I love that episode. That's a great Tri- episode. Trials and one, Tribulations. One of the best Trials episodes and of- Tribulations. It's perfect. From the title <laughs> down, it's perfect. Um, but uh, I think he asks Worf why Tr- Klingons look so different. And Worf just goes, we don't talk about it. Something like <laughs> Which that. Which is all you ever need is to just. They, they could have left it right there. Yeah. All but you need didn't. is a character to just make a joke like that. They didn't leave it right it. there. <laughs> Do you know where in the canon they discussed the virus theory? 
No, I, I know the mutation. I, I believe they got into it in the in the fourth uh, fourth season of, of Enterprise. Uh, ah, su- surprising, perhaps to absolutely no one. I, I follow a, a number of Star Trek f- podcasts. <laughs> one, one, one one of which ha- has uh, has just gotten finished with Enterprise, and and, th- and that came up in the fourth season. I believe it had. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm I'm making the the dork swan dive here. Uh, uh, <laughs> Do it. Uh, Data's uh, Data's one of Data's progenitors, not Noonien Soong, but some other ancestor of Soong was dealing in uh, in uh, bio modification and Mad was science. was captured by some Klingons or got into it with some Klingons, and that was the alleged source of the Klingons with ridges and the Klingons without ridges. But really, it's so they know. mutated. But I'm I'm willing to accept that. Okay. <laughs> But then, yeah, but then sometimes when you go in the past, they have the ridges, so <laughs> it's, if it's you a go free ten, If you go ten years further in the past... It's a bit to, of a confetti toss. Yeah. There were multiple mutations, that's my explanation. So, when, when Diamond Select got the toy license, they made it a bit more adult, obviously, than Playmates. Yeah. A bit more adult-looking, um, especially in scale, but... Uh, at first, they had, like, non-articulated legs. Did you notice that? No. I used to have a few of these figures. They didn't bother. Their legs were, like, posed, like, mm-hmm. crouched or whatever. No articulation. They were, like, half statue. Yeah. And I feel like Diamond, even the the current action figures, are more meant to be statuesque than to be posable. I guess. But they, they've added a lot of articulate. Like, they yeah. keep adding as they go. Right. But they started with, like... Very little. Z- yeah. They started they meant with to zero. More, yeah. And then they would add a few. Well, and it seems like they're, they're trading articulation features for custom customization features. I know yeah. one, one of them had the... Had the uh, the 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 con head <laughs> the yeah. screaming yeah. con head you can and... tell that he's screaming the word con when you put on this head <laughs> yeah i love that and like all these different hands and heads so uh, i was going to ask this question do you collect any of the modern stuff nothing not not a lot of modern stuff uh the thing that i i like most about collecting is you know kind of coming a the the thrill of the of the find yeah. you know come a, coming across something at, you know at a flea market uh um I was going to mention that it's 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 fortunate for me that Lego never had the license for Star Trek because <laughs> yeah. I would I mean that that'd be over I, I I'm <laughs> a marriage of two terrible addictions <laughs> <laughs> I I have to stay away from Lego enough as it is yeah uh, if, if, yeah if I, I had a Star to Trek connection <laughs> I had to quit my Lego habit Are you one of the Lego lovers who well, I guess that's that's most Lego lovers hates the knockoffs. Uh, yes, do not do not care for them. Did, <laughs> Which have rebranded? Did you know it used to be Mega Blocks and now it's Mega Constructs? No. Yeah, they rebranded. I didn't know. that. I did not know that. Yeah. I, anyway, but they're like more okay. There's Creo, which is yet another. Yeah. Did you know about the that Creo got? I the did Star not Trek? know the Creo. Okay. Creo, no. the Lego knockoff. What? Uh, I was gonna counter. Uh, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. No. I was going to say Mega Constructs has Star Trek 2 now. Oh, well, they probably switched. But they've gotten all these like big licenses, uh, Ninja Turtles, Masters of the Universe. Sure. Maybe um, they bought Creo for all I know. But they're doing a lot of like minifigure stuff too, like just individual package. Like I know there's a Picard and a Locutus Damn. Uh, oh, yeah. Figure. I, I do like the minifigures. 
Well, I bought um, when when Creo made the Enterprise. I I also bought like a little shuttle set, and then I bought a, the big Enterprise set. And it had like you opened up the top of the Enterprise, and it was just like the bridge. <laughs> so it was like a mini with like uh you know the main crew like right. <laughs> um in minifigure form. But it had like light up features, which was cool, and wow. like sounds, and it shot. It definitely <laughs> shot a projectile when you press the little button. So very realistic, uh, you know, the missile that the yeah. Enterprise shoots, <laughs> and the light up, the light up stuff was cool. But uh, yeah, building it, it wasn't the Lego experience. Like it just wasn't quite. It doesn't snap into place like as beautifully as yeah. Lego does. There's just no substitute. I don't know. There really isn't. But it was Star Trek, so I was like, got I I uh, got my, one of my sons some Halo Mega Blocks yeah. at the time. Oh, yes, yes, and put those together. But like some of the sets were just straight up missing pieces. Like their quality control, it seemed like was way worse than Lego too. Like yeah, definitely they would miss pieces way more than lego which is infuriating that, that's, that's a critical worst right? like, you know you, you gotta if you're gonna do little pieces little piece sets like that that's gotta be the thing your that entire you do right. line your yeah. entire brand is built on all these tiny little pieces fitting together yeah you can't just miss some yeah and then like yeah the problem with the off brands is that like some won't stick together for some <laughs> right, fucking right. reason yeah uh okay quick story the only time i ever had a lego fuck up i bought some superman and zod little set or something yeah when i used to buy like dc legos and the it was defective the defect was it was supposed to come with like four minifigures and it came with none (laughs) oh god (laughs) they had just not packed the minifigures in this set the awesome thing was i went to lego.com or whatever and you could there's like a form you just fill out and say hey you forgot yeah these pieces and you like select the pieces that it was missing and they just send it to you which you think they would be especially careful with the minifigures on those because those are such like their own separate market this was years ago and maybe they've changed that because people have abused it i don't know yeah they just no questions asked sent me the mini it just seems like the minifigures side of it i can understand the regular bricks but the minifigures would be i could have been like i'm missing like every minifigure you make (laughs) uh you know we should save all this for the lego episode huh Oh, yeah, there's an episode about Lego. And if you're a big Lego fan, you can be our Lego guy, too. I, I, I had some yeah, Legos. See, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't even realize. Um, why don't we take a quick break to get more beer? And do you want to talk about my experience with Star Trek toy collecting after? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yes. Playmates, or I have a Playmates Odo, uh, and one of the little accessories. Well, maybe I should <laughs> I should wait till I guess we are. <laughs> no, we are. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I, spill it. <laughs> you know, um, got a lot of stuff. Had the had the uh, the hallmarks. Uh, I got you know brought my little micro machine uh, ship, but yeah. um, I had a couple of the Playmates. One of the Playmates I had 
was uh, was Odo, and and I don't know why, why playmates thought that everybody in in Star Trek had briefcases, but <laughs> yeah. but everybody every playmates you know I, I had came with the briefcase accessory. <laughs> That's it hilarious. Came, I did not realize that it came with the phaser with with three feet of beam. Yeah, I do right remember attached. that. There it is, right there. Okay, yeah, Blake's <laughs> got one here. It came with the little stand that. Uh, that went in the little hole in their heel shaped like a communicator. And in the case of Odo, it came with the bucket. (laughs) Jordy here has a satchel or a purse or something. He's got a phaser rifle, the the most violent thing in the Star Trek universe. (laughs) And I think that's a giant beam that you can attach to the rifle. So at least you can choose whether it's shooting the beam or not. Yeah. With, with data, like his phaser only has the beam. option so he it's constantly shooting something that looks like a drill data comes with (laughs) uh i don't know daniel plainview edition uh data (laughs) i think it's a tricorder he comes with also the other thing with you you got some some nice playmates here you know so sometimes you'd end up with the ones that just are you know second or third tier characters or 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 just weird one-offs i used yeah. to have a lot of. I, I had a uh, a commander Riker from the episode where he has to go undercover and has sex with bb newworth <laughs> <laughs> i no joke had the uh wharf from first contact i believe maybe it was generations uh, when he's dressed like a sea captain, dressed like oh the sea my. captain, yeah. I, did they show that on the on the episode? Did they? I don't they, they did. Oh, okay. It I was, was like, in the episode. I want that. Why didn't I never? <laughs> I never totally had that. Had that yeah, one. that that was generations. They they had him. They had him on the boats. Yeah, for his, I, his the promotion. boat scene's hilarious. I want like the whole crew in their in their boat costumes. <laughs> I feel that should be a, a Comic Con exclusive or something where they just a set got, box yeah. set. Uh, I, I would be there for that. I feel like that that figure though was a result of me saying to my parents for my birthday or something. I want Star Trek figures, and them getting them to the store and being like. I don't know what the no, fuck. The only <laughs> the only thing left was Worf in parentheses puffy shirt, <laughs> and they were like, "Well, he said Star Trek. I guess this one will do." <laughs> did, did Mark have a Guinan? Or, or I had a guy. You had a guy. Oh, it was your Guinan. Guinan okay. was awesome. Like I like the Guinan figure. Like they were a bit cartoony, but still accurate enough to look good. And she her hat was like humongous and awesome. Just like Guinan should be. Yeah. Um, I had a Q. I think I had the Q in the red uniform. The Q in the robes. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, I think I had the robes, the judge robes version and the Q in like pretending to be a Starfleet person. Oh, I don't remember that one. That's a good pair. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had, I think I had multiple Qs. I had a bunch of crap. I had the one where, um, um, oh God, now I'm forgetting people's names. Um, We'll cut this out and make it sound like I knew her name. Who's the one that died in the uh, first season of um, Next Tasha Gen? Yar. Yes. Okay. I had uh, when Tasha Yar, um, <laughs> what's her name? Denise Crosby. Yes. When she also played a Romulan. <laughs> oh, she, yes. She came back as. as she came uh, back as a Romulan who yeah. was just Tasha Yar in a Romulan suit. And I had uh, the figure of her as a Romulan, which I loved. She made that reprisal several times. I yeah. think she. I think she regretted. <laughs> though, I mean, everyone be, regretted her leaving the show. To be fair, uh, you know, I watching that first season of Next Gen, you can understand why folks would think maybe I'm, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna hook, hitch my ship. wagon I, somewhere else. I remember trying to watch because I had seen when I was younger several episodes of Next Generation, and it seemed fairly in tone with Deep Space Nine, which I liked. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah. at one point when they were all on Netflix, I tried to watch a couple episodes and I was like, this of the first season, I was like, this is not what and I remember. Like every season of Star Trek uh, Next Gen, at least, it it's hit and miss like season one. There are good ones that I do like. There are some, and, and a lot of it is is basically, you know, just the strength of Patrick Stewart as an actor yeah, yeah. elevating the material. There, there are a few good ones, but yeah, the, those first two seasons of Next Gen are pretty rough. I, I actually like uh, the two-hour premiere of Next Gen. Like, I know I, a lot of people don't, but I, I do. Like, just the, the Q thing, judging them, is I just think is cool. I, I think I like it even more in the context of the whole series and that they return to that concept. Yeah, at, and the Q is just a trickster goof who comes yes. back. <laughs> and he's not like this, uh, like, evil god. I mean, he is, but he was a lot more, like, menacing in the first episode. You yeah. think he's going to be, like, oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, dark side or something. <laughs> Before this becomes a podcast where we talk about Star Trek, like right. yet another one of those podcasts, <laughs> um, let's do our show and tell, because we brought toys. Yeah, you guys did. I had nothing to bring. Uh, well, you literally don't have anything to bring, do yeah, you? That's true. No, I don't. Um, but you'll Can tell I say, us- as, you're, as you're prepping your toys, Yeah. Um, what I will say is that if I did decide to go back and collect Star Trek... It, I would have to stay with the Playmate stuff. Like I love, yeah, I love the new stuff. It looks beautiful, but they will never have the breadth that, that those Playmates figures had. Yeah, and just, you just the sheer that. numbers and the and the yeah the the variance. And is there a price price point differential? Also, I mean, even, they're a lot more expensive. Oh yeah, the, oh, well, the new stuff's going to be twenty bucks. And and that was kind of the vibe I was getting. Was that, <laughs> yeah. hey, isn't it great that that this new toy company has has come out with these new toys that also are about thirty to fifty percent more expensive? Than- yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And you know, McFarland Toys is bringing out a new Captain Kirk and a new. Uh, Captain Picard, and they look beautiful. And I'm like, well, maybe this would be a good jumping off point. But then I'm, I'm like, these will probably stop after two series, and I won't have, you know, I'll have half the crew of the original yeah. series or something, and it won't, well, won't ever a, go. What's anywhere. up with that though? Because they kind of touched on that just barely. But is the license in uh, McFarlane's hands now? Uh, I mean, I guess instead the of mo- Diamond, they're doing the most recent ones. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I was that was announced at Toy Fair, so who knows? But anyway, um, okay, so I uh, I started my love of Trek as an adult, getting into Next Generation, watching it all, and loving it. And then I started finding a lot of the Playmates action figures in flea markets and buying those and starting a little collection. That's how I got into it. One thing that I wanted them to talk about um, in this ep- episode of the Toys That Made Us that they didn't. It, they do talk about it in the uh, the documentary and its sequel called Trekkies and Trekkies Two. Yeah, made by Denise Crosby. Yes, Denise. Are you serious? Yeah, How like it's crazy. Like she left first season, but loved Trek enough to make she two must documentaries. Keep coming about back it. to the well. Also, she's just awesome. Um, I'm not going to talk about my crush on Denise Crosby. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what they didn't touch on is that uh, the playmates. Um, have numbers under their feet, mm-hmm. their serial numbers, and um, fans used to go nuts over, or collectors used to go nuts over finding the lowest serial number you yeah. could on the bottom of the foot. So I, right now in my hands, I have my only Playmates figures left. They're they're still on card. My data is unpunched. Oh wow! Ooh, yeah, he yeah. is. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> um, I think I put a hole in it like an idiot with a pin. Um, his foot number is 
eighty-seven thousand something. I don't like so. Okay, no, <laughs> no luck there. And then my other one is a Jordy LaForge, and his is thirteen thousand something. And so, we should also point out that in addition to these being on card, they are also signed. Yeah. Okay. So the the best the reason I kept these two is because my data is signed. Uh, let's see. I'm just gonna read it to Blake Brent Spiner. <laughs> um, the Jordy says. Blake, peace, and then a giant scribble that I think says LeVar Burton. Oh, wait, no, that's just a picture of a butterfly. (laughs) Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. He wrote watch reading rainbow instead on here for some weird reason. (laughs) He said, but don't take my word for it. (laughs) Do, Do you remember the reading rainbow episode? Where they go to? They go to the Star Trek no, production. No, but I love it already. Yes, Where, they they went. Oh, there was shit. a Reading Rainbow episode. Uh, you know all about how you know Lavar Burton's on this other show, and you know they played clips and talked to people and talked to the you know mm-hmm. and and had science fiction you know book recommendations. Wow. But that's it, cool. Needless to say, it was my favorite episode of Reading <laughs> Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> needless to say, I uh, have that one on VHS that I taped off the TV. Yeah, so no, I was at a convention. It was Planet Comic Con in K- Kansas City, where they got like next gen, most of the next gen cast together. These are the only two guys that I got. Like I would have spent, but it's a perfect pair. To yeah, have together because they're too. buddies the on the show, and they were the like the the most fun to. They had a panel together, they and were, they still seem like really good friends. They are. <laughs> they were a they were a laugh fucking riot at the <laughs> yeah. panel that they did. Yeah, they goofed on each other a lot. Well, they, I showed you that Twitter picture that. LeVar Burton had posted where yes. it was like his whole family and uh, Brett Spiner was there and he was like, here's my family and some random white guy that <laughs> jumped into the picture. Yeah, and it was Spiner. It was very cute. They One thing about the they changed up um, the packaging on the Playmates a lot. Uh, like, I was going to point that out too. It's hard to keep is, track of. Those do not seem like the same No, not series. at all. Like the data definitely comes from the next generation. Um, sometimes they even like tell you what season it's based on. This Man, one doesn't. Did you did you find that one in a flea market unpunched like that? Yes, I think both of these I found them pretty sure in that's really stores unpunched. Matt, do you know what we're talking about when we say unpunched? I, I'm I'm assuming it's the uh, the the, the, the hole that the, the, that the yeah. rod goes through yeah. that yeah. hanging. But it doesn't matter because I ruined it by sticking a pin through it. And hanging <laughs> it. It's before I knew. Might about as well punch like it. That. They have such weird things on the packaging, like attention collectors, each figure individually numbered. Ugh. Like, take a look at their feet, and you can definitely see their feet through, uh, like at the bottom of the card. So they know what they're doing. Jordy is from some series called Star Trek Interstellar Action Series. Hmm. So I don't know what was happening there, but I'm pretty sure it came after. Let's see. It says 1995. Data says 92. Shit. Wow. Three I was going to say, Data definitely looks like the earlier. Like, it looks like that was actually for the show where those were just, they were just recarding figures, you know? Yeah. And just like looking at the back uh, where they show you the other, other figures in the series that you can get is like the best, especially oh, yeah. on the Jordy because they've got Sheriff Worf from <laughs> A Fistful of Datas <laughs> where he was Western wear. Like, Man. So someone could really just create a whole army of wharfs in various uh, yeah. time outfits. Huh? And I want to now. Governor Worf from the from the last episode where they go into the future. Oh, yes. Dr. Beverly Crusher in 1940s attire. 
a, a holodeck thing or something. Yeah, I think or I, a was, Dixon Dixon Hill story of some kind. Or sure. do you yeah. remember the one episode of uh, Deep Space Nine wherever Cisco? It's not a time traveling episode. It more like is kind of an alt history almost I, where he he's like a writer creating Star yes. Trek. Yes, yeah. Uh, title of the episode is uh, Far Beyond the Stars, yeah. and 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 it's not just Cisco. It's uh, the, the whole crew is. Uh, characters because it, it, it's 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 uh you know based on you know they're, they're all they all work for a, a science fiction anthology yeah. or magazine or something mm-hmm. and and because i remember Worf's in it but it's the actor yeah I, it's, it's just michael dorn and, yeah. and, and no makeup mm-hmm. and so, i remember that was another episode i really loved when i, have, I was watching i need series. to see that i haven't even seen that oh it's, it's an excellent one yeah, yeah. It's I like how these also have um li- like gi joes where you can cut out the little bio of the character <laughs> on the back yeah. like Who's gonna do that? Come on! What schmo is gonna ruin their uh, their card? I know uh, my mom cut up some Lego boxes for me to put in my little file cabinet. Yeah. I was always, was <laughs> I was the kind of kid with a file cabinet. <laughs> that <laughs> says it all. Right to there. File away. All of my- I was the kind of kid with a file cabinet, as if there's a category of child. <laughs> Whoa! What is that set called? Let me consult my. Uh, That's hilarious. They, I yeah, thumb through these. Files. You had a Rolodex of life of Lego. <laughs> Hit Lego history. Uh, continuing show and tell, not to take up too much time with my crap. Um, the other things I kept were, okay, Playmates, um, uh, Phaser, and Tricorder. Like, for, like, a cheap Playmates uh, thing for children, surprisingly screen accurate enough to, like, skate by. And I have used them for Halloween costumes. <laughs> uh, I do also own a... Uh, a red uh, next generation uh, uniform shirt, and I've done Star Trek for Halloween. I've roughly, seen him do it <laughs> roughly seven <laughs> times out of laziness. But uh, I put new batteries in it. And ch- let's see, what's the year on this tricorder? Nineteen ninety three. Paramount Pictures Playmates. I think you got a. There was a there was a switch at the top. Was there? I yeah, thought... or on the. Oh shit! There is a switch. Just as good as the day it was made. <laughs> it's it's a pretty sweet toy. Yeah, like it's I'm, crazy. I'm pretty jealous. Like it's just, and I used to have a shuttle that made noises too, and it was just as good. Um, okay, here's the phaser. Here's one setting. I don't know what setting that is. It doesn't say like stun. Sounds stunny. And then there's this one. I think this is the murder one. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that sounds very 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 much like murder. <laughs> yeah. But they uh, they both have belt clips, so you can easily wear them. And I uh, love the evolution of the phaser. This has such a s- sleeker design compared to the just gun Com- phaser. Yeah, like the, the ones from series. the original. Yeah, they look like needle guns or something. <laughs> I you know what they are? They they look like a cross between a tattoo machine and a pistol. Yeah. You're not you're not too far off with the tattoo machine. Yeah, yeah that... I and I I think is probably Roddenberry's doing. I don't know, but to be like to become more like less violent, very, very ergonomic, ergonomic <laughs> ergonomics weapons. and a desire to like not seem so gun like and violent. They changed the phaser to be more like a um, what is it more like now? Well, th- that's actually a um. That design came around uh, probably the second or third season of next of next gen. They had a you know one that looked even more like a dustbuster, 
uh, in oh, the first yeah. two seasons um, of of those those hand phases. Just huge. I'll, I'll call that the galoob. It, it was yes. It was, a, it was it was just a big dustbuster looking. <laughs> they didn't have the technology to shrink it down yet. So you've got a micro machine. Yes. Oh yeah, Enterprise. I've got the micro Matt machine here. A micro machine. Inter- which Enterprise is that? This is actually the Enterprise B from oh. Star Trek Generations, and and I'm, and the more that I'm thinking about it now, I think I had a set from Star Trek Generations because I had this, and I had a Klingon Bird of Prey, and I had an Enterprise, and they all came with the little stands that you set them on. Can I look at it here? Yeah. Th- this one, it's, uh, uh, no- it's notably, more bendy than I thought it would be. Well, yeah, it's it's pretty old and I've you know been kicked around a few times. But yeah, the, the, the nacelles get a little bendy. Uh, it's a it, sleek ass design, the B. It's sharp. It's sharp. Uh, it's it's the uh, it's the Excelsior design that debuted in Star Trek Three, and they 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 slapped some uh, some fins on the side. Uh, I think it's the same model and probably changed the colors up a little bit. But yeah, I, I really I really like it. Did it ha- was it supposed to have a stand at yes. one point? Yeah, okay. there, there's there's a stand uh, with a little post that that goes in the bottom. Um, yeah, I brought this. I I brought it or you know got a book too. Just oh, yeah. the the uh, um, more show and tell. Matt in, a book. In, inside Star Trek, uh, the real story by uh, Herbert uh, Solo and Robert Justman. Uh, they both worked on the original series, um, and you know I. I don't have pull quotes or anything, but uh, there were there were details about uh, you know. I, I, needless to say, I was knowing knowing Gene Roddenberry uh, and, and his proclivity to to make questionable business deals. It's not 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 so unlikely that there was the the proliferation of uh, of of just real crappy toys. Yeah, yeah, apparently it's Roddenberry's fault that all the like label slap toys and garbage got made. The, the one thing I, I, the one takeaway that I got from reading this, you know, about Gene Roddenberry, and, and you know, it, it, much like many figures of of that and other eras, he's you know a a checkered past or, or problematic, you know, at, at times. But uh, yeah. um, Alexander Courage wrote the theme music, the, you know, the da na 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 na. But uh, Gene Roddenberry uh, decided that he didn't want to give away all the royalties and wrote lyrics that were oh, never used. I I'm read sure about, you've heard this. about this. I, yes, yeah. you know, and fucking <laughs> the fucking lyrics. <laughs> but because of the way the publishing worked out, yeah, the- music publishing is fucked up, and I barely even understand it. But yeah, that's that's a sleazy deal, right there. Uh, it remind the micro machine reminds me, I used to own uh, also some, they were called Star Trek Space toys where they were the miniatures. I think I've talked about this Yeah, before, you have, and I've seen them somewhere recently. Where they were ships, you know, that were maybe, I don't know, 6 to 12 inches or so, and then they came with little tiny figures that you oh, could put okay. into the ships and everything. You know, not for small children, but man, I loved, I loved how compact they were. I'd be I, interested to see some of those. I yeah, think at the awesome. STD. I've seen, them, I've seen them a couple times at conventions. I think at the flea market. It's called the STD flea market. Yes, that's the real name of it. It's local. <laughs> uh, local references. Uh, <laughs> somebody has, like, in a box, not a very good condition box. I think it's taped up. But, like, a whole, like, playset of those little guys. Yeah. Like a bridge playset or yeah. something that comes with, like, one little, like, McCoy or something. Yeah, there were, like... <laughs> tiny ones like smaller ships but then i think they made an enterprise that was much bigger and i think it probably came with yeah. a couple of anyway couple i of pa- figures, passed on that <laughs> yeah they were cool to play with i'm not sure that they're much on the collectible on the collectible side yeah but you know what i would love to get and this is what i was gonna talk about yes they made maybe you remember these maybe you owned them 
I don't know. But they made a series of figures that were just the different alien races in Star Trek if they had been assimilated by the Borg. But Uh, it only lasted one wave. They only made three figures, I think. Was this a Playmates product? It had to have been. It It was in the era of Playmates. They made a lot of Borg, and there are some on the back of these cards... And I don't think they're—I I don't think it's a thing where they're like super rare and expensive, but they definitely did not like take off as a. But line. it's like, what if a Ferengi was a Borg type? Yeah, thing? I think the first one is like, uh, maybe Romulan Klingon and something. I can't remember, or maybe just human. I don't know, but they—they uh-huh. they were really, really good looking, like very decent sculpted. I never had any figures. of those, but I wish I did. And I, uh, I remember the first time I saw them advertised, I was like, "Those are gorgeous. I want them." I may have even seen them in Toy Fair. Uh, but then I never, but then they just kind of like disappeared. <laughs> they never, I never heard anything else about them. I'll have to check those out. That sounds yeah. like yeah. just completionists yeah. or piss are too rare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had, um, I had Locutus. Um, I had Hugh Borg. Mm. Remember Hugh? Oh, I, oh, I do. <laughs> the, the Borg with a, uh, with a soul. <laughs> I had him. I think those were the only Borg I had, but they made, they made more. There's one on the back of this card that's just called Interstellar Action Borg. And it's just like a generic looking Borg. <laughs> just a general Borg. And then there's one on the back of the other card that just says Borg. <laughs> he looks a lot like Interstellar Action Borg, I gotta say. <laughs> was was Interstellar Action the name of the series, though? It's the yeah, name? It's, well, it's the Interstellar Action oh, series. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Hmm. Which I don't even know what the difference is. Isn't God, it? maybe these weren't playmates. These look too good. I'll show you guys a picture. <laughs> Apparently, well, Data's nickname is listed as Pinocchio because <laughs> I, of yeah. that one episode where I think Riker called him Pinocchio. Was it him? Uh, that sounds right. It, it, it's it sounds like an early season. Uh, uh, yeah, jab. I'm pretty sure it was Riker found him in the holodeck. But yeah, he was called Pinocchio once, so his nickname is forever Pinocchio on the bio here. Uh, okay, so sorry. Go no, ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I was gonna say these were Art Asylum. They were not playmates, uh, which is explains why they... explains why they look so good. And they were a Klingon, a Cardassian, and a Herogen. Herogen. Oh, her, that, that's a that's a Voyager race. Okay, I don't, but I don't even know that race. Oh, sorry, Blake. Blake hates it when I hit. The <laughs> don't fuck up the sound. Okay, yeah, the, those are sharp. Yeah, and those are the only three that ever got made. Let me let me see these bitches. Yeah, those those are detailed as hell. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're well. They look well articulated. They're super borgy, way yeah. borgier than the Playmore. But the Playmore first time, but the first time I saw that image, I was like, man, I just want those of, I just want all of those that they're ever gonna make. Well, turns out that might be easier than I thought. <laughs> yeah, and they only make three. <laughs> the thing is, they literally only made three. Good luck yeah. finding it. Yeah. Um, any other uh, final thoughts on the episode that we watched? No, uh, you know, we didn't Star really hit, Trek in general. did we hit that much on the episode? We itself, did. We, we talked just, a lot about the episode. Oh, yeah. no, happened to be in the Orient. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start bleeping the word Orient. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's beginning to offend me. <laughs> oh, Marty Abrams toy man. I, I thought they were a little bit too harsh on the motion picture, but maybe it's just because I think were. everyone's a little bit too harsh on the motion picture. I mean... Fun, 
Fun yeah, fact, uh, Robert Wise, who directed the motion picture, also directed uh, West Side Story, uh, The Sound of Music, uh, and The Day the Earth S- Stood Still. Interesting. Which, the original one, I assume. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the original, the 1951. <laughs> not the Keanu Reeves one. Uh, not the Keanu Reeves, no. Uh, which, and, and I think that, that kind of, uh, um, you know, points toward, you know, the pacing and, and it, you know, feels more like a, you know, a movie that you, that you'd see in, in, you know, the fifties, fifties or sixties, you know, just, I mean, it has an overture for God's sakes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is fucking great. And I remember I didn't see it and I love the Star Trek movies almost more than I love the actual series. Like I, I, I've watched all the movies multiple times. I really, really love them. Uh, but that was one of like the last ones I ever saw. And when I finally saw it, I was like, this is pretty good. It is a very slow-paced movie, and it is yeah. a very long movie. And everyone gives the scene shit where they, they reveal the Enterprise A, right? Is it the Enterprise A? Uh, no, the Enterprise A doesn't show up until uh, until uh, Star Trek V. Um, it's, it's, Jesus. <laughs> then what is it? What is well, it that they reveal? Well, it's the original series Enterprise that's just been refit. Okay. Yes. So even less reason for them to spend 10 minutes uh, exactly. gazing at it. <laughs> They've like through the given... entire theme, uh, not once, but twice, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> They're like, it's the same Enterprise, make no mistake, but it's been washed. But though... I, I do enjoy the movie, but all I was going to say is I also understand, though, if you're coming out of Star Wars... Yeah, and Star then going into start and going into Star Trek the motion picture, I can see how maybe you're not going to love it. Well, the, and there are definite, you know, I think it would be charitable to say uh, nods toward uh, 2001 in, yeah. in in parts, which is very like. much more of 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 that kind of a science. And fiction I movie like than, that long, boring sci-fi like uh, psychedelic type stuff, and I think it has some of that. Like, and they use their their clever editing and the toys that made us to like <laughs> show them staring at the void with the, <laughs> the weird effects coming at yeah. them and making it look a lot longer than it is. Viger needs the information. Viger, <laughs> I guess to go out on, they mentioned this in the episode. Just kind of matter of factly, they have a guy say, and this is a popular fan theory. The odd number movies are bad, and the even number movies are good. Does that kind of fall apart? Or I disagree with it because I, I love all the it movies. It falls but... apart at some point. But what do you think? Final Frontier is pretty universally reviled. Yeah, um, it's fine. You know, whatever. Uh, I I think that motion picture, you know, gets more derision than it's due. Star Trek Three is fine. Um, you know, it, it's but. It has the the misfortune misfortune of coming off of Star Trek Two, yeah, which I think that, is exactly you know um, it's either one or one A of the best of the original series movies, yeah. and then and then you know the the most you know kind of kid fan friendly is the fourth, you know with the with the whales and and uh, and, and it's going definitely back in the, time. the most comedic. Oh yes, yeah, yes. it's yeah, it's, it's, very when, they, silly it's movie. when they went for camp. Yes, although. I think the final frontier with Kirk beating the shit out of God at the end is pretty, pretty comedic. <laughs> Wait, in and no of spoilers. Itself. I haven't seen that. Uh, well, you must see it. I'm going to forget. Especially it. as I'm an going, atheist. <laughs> I, uh, need, I need to do a marathon. That's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah, this, I like generations. Like I think. Yeah. It's, the, the next generation movies other than maybe insurrection, we're all really, yeah, and really, ge- really strong. Generations is an odd number. It's the seventh one, so it's an odd number, and people give it shit. I like it. First Contact is obviously better. I think it's that there are better movies, yeah, and then not and slightly less 
good movies, but they're still good. So it's not like so black and white that odds are bad. And yeah. even it's not like the the uh, filmmakers are like, all right, we're making a Star Trek 11 time to make a piece of shit. Well, because then wouldn't Nemesis fall into the category of, of supposedly good. one of the good ones, which yeah. I don't think it's, it's one of the not, stronger ones. And then <laughs> 11, the J.J. Abrams one is 11, yeah. and it's it's good, right? Yeah, it's I, fun. I have actually not seen the third of them with, with Idris Elba. Beyond? Yes. It's, uh, okay, so it's the director of Fast and Furious. I, I think and I was you aware can of tell, that. You can tell and you can the tell it's the director of Fast and Furious. I do remember that there were that there was a picture of a dirt bike on the yeah. movie poster. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes, there are dirt and bikes. a Beastie Boys song plays heavily into it. Um, uh, yeah. But... Even more so than in the I first. Still, I game. still think it's fun, and I still yeah. enjoyed it. I did. I found it enjoyable. Yeah, um, but again, that's coming from a guy that has not disliked any of the Star yeah. Trek. Yeah, it was a so. fun action sci-fi movie, and it was Star Trek. Yeah, and it wasn't like offensive to me, so <laughs> it was fine. But like, not as much fun as I had it, like the first J.J. Abrams one, I guess. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. That's all there is to say about Star Trek. I think we I can close so. all Star Trek podcasts now. <laughs> Shut them down. No, no need for anyone else to talk any more about this. We subject. had to get the final word in, and I think we, uh, I think we unlocked it. Yeah. Hey, Brian, can you email all the other Star Wars, Star Trek? Hey, podcasts uh, Greatest Generation, Greatest Discovery, all those dudes. Uh, you can uh, go ahead. And shut it down. Close up shop. We we're finished here. Uh, you want to do plugs real quick? Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. By the yeah, way. No problem. I'm on Instagram at Toy Vandal, uh, currently cons- <laughs> pondering whether I should make it an official shelf life Instagram and like change up my handle. I, I mean, don't know. my Twitter isn't yeah. kind of an official shelf life Twitter account. We'll talk about that. Maybe it'll uh, have an official shelf life Instagram instead one day. But for now, I'm at Toy Vandal on Instagram. And I'm on Twitter too. Whatever. Find me on there. My name's Blake Walker. <laughs> Can I make one more aside, real quick, about yeah. your. Uh, handle on Instagram at Toy Vandal. Sure, as long as you don't say anything negative about it. I'm not. It was just like in the recent his in the recent uh memory, maybe I don't know, a couple months ago, it suddenly occurred to me what Toy Vandal meant. <laughs> like I what was just thinking it was. I don't know. I just didn't think. I just thought it was just a word salad you had thrown together <laughs> or something. And then like it suddenly occurred to me like customizing toy vandal hey i get it i fuck with toys i pull their heads off i put them on sticks i'm a toy vandal baby (laughs) anyway i think it's very clever now that i get it i paint on them like a vandal um anyway Uh, i'm on twitter at shelf life atom atom oh yeah he's got a good twitter presence mine is pretty poor but Eh, i'm working on it but yeah, Adam. Uh, Matt, anything you'd like to uh, plug? I'm also on Twitter uh, <laughs> at mit54321. Uh, How could you forget? I, I it, How could anyone? It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's really hard to say. It, it was chosen specifically for 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 my my ease of remembering rather than anyone else. <laughs> I love it. It, it's, it's almost so like it's almost like you put a password as your username. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm also in a band with, uh, yeah. with Blake Walker. So uh, our band, more, more of that. Yeah, and uh, our band does the theme song to this show, as yep. I've mentioned. More of that dot bandcamp.com. Perfect. Check it out. We might have some like music you can get. We have there's music there now, but we were talking today about how there will be more soon, at some point in the future. Great. Some there now, more there later. Maybe you'll even be able to buy physical music one day. Whoa. That's Whoa, the idea. Get, getting serious. 
All right. Well, anyway, until next time, then. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Do you want to say the? You want to say the the outro? Matt do you, may, do you Matt, listen to this I, enough? Matt may to not know, know the I, outro. I'm, 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 I'm afraid I don't know what the outro is. Okay, that's okay. Well, you can make up one. <laughs> until next time, life in plastic. It's, it's fantastic. fantastic.